Okay. <clears throat> As we've said when we started, um, Samuel, it, it's a lot of narrative and it's a, it's a beautiful story. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, we want to, we're going to go to chapter 27 where Art left off last week. But <clears throat> in a, just backing up just a little bit, bit Chapter 17 is the David and Goliath story. Chapter 18 um, um, picks up after um, David was successful, although he was just a kid. Uh, he killed Goliath, and then he took the army and defeated the, the Philistines. And <clears throat> let's pick up in chapter 18, verse 6. And it says, It happened as they were coming when David returned from killing the Philistines that the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tamarines and joy and with musical instruments. The women sang as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Then Saul became very angry for this saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David 10,000, but to me they have ascribed thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? Saul looked at David with suspicion from that day on. So we, we know that that's the case, that the Lord, the Lord um, left Saul and uh, because of his, his um, disobedience to what the Lord had asked him. And in uh, verse chapter 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, that's six chapters. Uh, and that, that uh, the whole, all, all those six chapters was this hunt between uh, what Saul wanted to get David, David and kill him. Uh, he was displeased with him because of this jealousy that just continued to eat on him. And, uh, and, and he, 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 he just couldn't get it out of his system. He couldn't leave it alone. Now, we all know that jealousy uh, will, does more for the person who is jealous than the person who it's against, and and it just this is a classic example of of Saul just would not let this thing go, and yet David was was um, was secure in what he did and what he thought, and he he was uh, had very high regard for Saul because he was God's anointed, and we've been through that. Chapter 25, we have a little interlude uh, about Abigail, uh, about she and uh, her husband at the at the time, and he was a <laughs> he was a, a mean guy, and then then David took her as wife uh, in chapter 25, and then <clears throat> then in chapter 26, uh, Art last week talked about that where. On two different occasions, uh, David had could have killed him uh, real easily. One when they went in the cave and and he cut off the hem of his garment, and the next one when 
they were camping and they were asleep, so to speak. And uh, David went in there and took a jug of water that was from his head and a, and a spear. And so there's two times that he could have, and yet his reason for not doing it, he says, I'm not going to touch God's anointing. So, so this is, that was the narrative that we've had back and forth there, and we pick up this morning in, in, uh, in chapter 27. So verse 1 of chapter 27, And David said to himself, Now I will perish one day at the hand of Saul. There's nothing better for me than to escape into the hands of the Philistines. So and he, he ran out of places to hide, basically. Uh, uh, David did, and he says, well, I'll just go to the Philistines and, and, uh, and stay there. And, uh, and so he, he did in verse 3. He lived in Gath, uh, he and his men and his household, even David's wives. And verse 4, now it was told Saul that David had fled to Gath, so he no longer searched for him. So that's finally, Saul said, well, I'll leave him alone. I, I don't know if he said that or not, but Scripture says he didn't search for him anymore. So, so that's, that's, that's where he was. Then David said to Achish, if now I have found favor in your sight, this is verse 5, let them give me a place in one of the cities in the country that I may live there, and why should your servant live in the royal city with you? So Achish gave him Ziglag that day, and therefore Ziglag had belonged to the kings of Judah to this day. And the numbers of the days that David lived in the country of the Philistines was a year and four months. So just like Naboth, David had made himself... Uh, friends to Naboth and his his shepherds and the people that were there and and that was part of the problem with uh, with Abigail had to come in because David was good to to Naboth's people and and he says you hadn't missed anything we've protected you we've been with you all this time and this was the same thing that happened here in. <clears throat> In, in Ziglag and, and Achish. Uh, so they were there and they kind of took up residence and they were protecting the people. <clears throat> uh, verse 9 of chapter 27. David attacked the land and did not leave. A man, this is, this is a, a, the Malachites in verse 8. <clears throat> He, they attacked the land, didn't leave anybody there. He, he took away the sheep, the donkeys, and camels and returned. Uh, <clears throat> now, Achish says in verse 10, Where have you made a raid today? <laughs> David said, Against the Negev of Judah, against the Negev of the, these two different people. And David did not leave a man or woman to bring to Gath. Otherwise, they would tell us, saying, so has David done this and has been his practice all the time that he lived in the country of Philistines. So Achish believed David, uh, saying that he was surely made himself odious among his people, Israel, 
Therefore, he will become my servant forever. So they, they, uh, Achish took David in, gave him Ziglag. He says, well, you just, you just be here and help me out. Uh, chapter 28, verse 1. Now it came in those days that the Philistines gathered their army in the camps for war to fight against Israel. And Achish said to David, Know assuredly that you will go with me in the camp, you and your men. Now, in first reading, knowing that David is going to fight against his own people brings up a question. Um, well, is he, is he going to do, is he going to be that kind of guy? Well, it doesn't say what happened, but it's, it's a kind of a story like, like uh, Abraham and, and, and Isaac, where Abraham took Isaac and dedicated him to the Lord, you know. And, and well, we got the fire, we got the wood, but where's the sacrifice? And, 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 and uh, Abraham told David, excuse me, Abraham told Isaac, the Lord will provide. So you'll have to say, well, I don't know what the rest of the story is, but we're going to read about it in just a minute, that the Lord is going to provide uh, for this escape. So verse 2, David said to Achish, Very well, you shall know what your servant can do. So Achish said to David, Very well, I will make you my bodyguard from life. Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had lamented the and buried him in Ramah in his own city, and Saul had removed him, had removed the land from the mediums and spirits. So the Philistines gathered together and came and camped, and Saul gathered all Israel together in Gilboa. Verse 5, when Saul came, excuse me, when Saul saw the camp of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart trembled. When Saul inquired of the Lord and did not answer him, neither by his dreams or by Urim or by the prophets, then Saul said to his servants, Seek for me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And this servant said to him, Behold, there is a woman who is a medium in Endor. Now, there's a lot we need to unpack here uh, uh, in several things here. Um, the Lord had removed his hand from, from Samuel, and, and he normally, or what they did, you know, is it okay for me to go to war against these people? And he didn't get an answer. He didn't get an answer because God... God had uh, had shunned him. Had had says no, you're not you're not my man. And he says here, uh, he, the prophets didn't give him an answer. Uh, he says that his dreams didn't give him an answer, or is Urim, uh, or by Urim, U R I M. Now, when we were studying in Exodus. And go to Exodus chapter, um, let's see, 28 for a little bit. And Art talked about this 
the ephod. Uh, let's go to Exodus 28, and we'll we'll see. Now, this is a long way from where Samuel is at the time, <clears throat> and Saul is at the time. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 28. They're talking about the priestly garments, and um, when we went through this, Art had some slides that he put up there on the screen, and and uh, they were very, um, very much, and they were on the ephod. Uh, okay, let's look at chapter 28, uh, verse 4. These are the garments which you shall make, a breastplate and a, and a ephod, a robe and a tunic of checkered work, a turban and a sash. You shall make these holy garments for Aaron your brother, his, his sons, that they may minister as a priest to me. And look over in verse 15. You shall make a breastplate of judgment, the work of a skillful workman, like the work of the ephod, you shall make it of gold, of blue, purple, scarlet material, and fine twisted linen. A linen. <clears throat> he goes on to say that you shall um, mark and engrave these stones um, for the twelve: the twelve ruby, topaz, emerald, turquoise, sapphire, diamond, etc., etc. And you can inscribe the name. On them in verse 21. <clears throat> Through history, we have we we <laughs> we don't have a this is how to do it manual. Um, and you read in scripture the Urim and the Thurum, and I'm not pronouncing that right, but y'all just go along with me, okay? And <clears throat> and it's art calls them the the holy dice. You know, they were rolling a dice, so to speak. But this was on the breastplate of, of the ephod that the, that the, um, that the priest wore. And uh, <clears throat> so they, when they had the ephod with the Urim and the Thurim on it, they would kind of uh, ask a question, you know, and they would get their answer. Now, I look... There's speculation, uh, but nobody really knows how that worked. Uh, but it's it's there, and this is, and we'll see in just a minute a, a little bit more about the ephod. Uh, but here they were trying to. He was trying to find out whether he should go to war against the Philistines, and he didn't get any help. He didn't get any help. Now. He says he had killed all the mediums and the spirits, he thought, in, in the, in the, in the uh, place. And he doesn't give us any, any context there except he just simply says that in verse chapter 28, I'm back in, in 1 Samuel, uh, that, that uh, let me see. Um, he said in verse 4 that he had killed the mediums and the spirits. And then in verse 7, as a, as a last resort, he said, 
He said, go find me a woman who is a medium that I may ask and inquire of her. Now, <clears throat> we need to hold your finger there and let's go to Leviticus. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Uh, in scripture, we'll go to uh, chapter 19 in Leviticus. <clears throat> the, the occult... Um, as Christians, we don't we don't need to do have anything to do with the occult. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you were raised like me, but uh, um, um, we couldn't. I didn't ever play with what we called face cards until I got to college. They weren't allowed in my house. Uh, now we played a lot of rook, you know. Somebody says that's that's Christian uh, <laughs> Christian card playing, but anyway, uh, uh, we and Dad was in retail, and uh, we bought from time to time uh, some Christmas gifts that were uh, an assortment. And he always told me later, he said. Bill, be careful about assortments because he says there's always something in that assortment that won't sell. Well, we bought an assortment or two of uh, of uh, toys, so to speak, and much to Daddy's <coughs> unliking, uh, there were three or four Ouija boards in there. And the first thing Dad did with those Ouija boards was go burn them. And 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 it's and it's. That part of the show that we you, you don't need to you, you don't need to play with that kind of thing. In high school, uh, they were from time to time uh, they'd have some seances. I don't know if y'all were familiar with seances. Evelyn's smiling, so she must have been. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and I don't know how Dad found out, but he he said. You're not going to anything that's got a seance. And so looking back these 80 years, uh, I'm very grateful for the home I grew up in and, and the protection that he tried to give me. <clears throat> so in this particular case, he says, be careful about, about uh, these mediums and spirits. All right, Leviticus 19, look at verse... <clears throat> Le, uh, look at verse 31 of Leviticus 19. This is, you know, sundry laws. If you have a note in your Bible like I do in mine, uh, do not turn to medium and spiritus. Spiritus, do not seek them out or to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Turn over to chapter 20 of Exodus, of Leviticus. Leviticus and look at verse 6 as for the person who turns to a medium and to spiritists to play the harlot after them I will also set my face against that person and will cut them off from among the people then look at verse 27 uh, now a man or woman who is a medium or a spiritualist shall be put to death uh, they shall be stoned with stones, and their blood blood guilt, guiltiness is on them. What what 
the what the Lord's trying to do with these people. Same thing Dad tried to do with with me was don't give the devil any foothold because he's a powerful force and you can't stand up against him in the flesh. So he says, don't do it. Don't do it. Well, Samuel, back to chapter 28 in Samuel, he had run out of options. He didn't know what to do or where to go. And he said, well, let me see about uh, uh, a, a medium. Verse 8. Now Saul disguised himself by putting on other clothes and went he and two men with him and they came to a woman by night and they said, Conjure up for me, please, and bring bring up for me whom I shall name. But the woman said to him, Behold, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off those who are medium and spiritualist from the land. Why are you laying a snare for me uh, for my life to bring about my death. Saul vowed to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, Bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice, and the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. The king said to her, Do not be afraid, but uh, do what you see. And the woman said to Saul, I see a divine being coming up from out of the earth. And he said to her, What is its form? She said, An old man is coming up, and he is wrapped with a robe. And Saul knew that it was Samuel, and he bowed his face to the ground and did homage. Verse 15, Then Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I was greatly in distress for the Philistines are waging war against me and God has departed from me and no longer answers me neither through the prophets or by dreams. Therefore I've called you uh, that you should make known to me what I should do. And Samuel said, Why do you ask me since the Lord has departed from you and has become your adversary? adversary verse 17 the lord has done according as he spoke through me for the lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor david as you did not obey the lord when he executed his fierce wrath on amalek and so the lord has done these things to you this this day moreover the lord will give over to israel along with you into the hands of the Philistines. Therefore, tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. Indeed, the Lord will give over the army of the Israel into the hands of Philistines. Then Saul immediately fell full length on the ground, and he was afraid because of the words of Samuel. Also, he was, had no strength in him because he had not eaten food all day. The woman came to Saul uh, that he was terrified and said, Behold, your maidservant has obeyed you. I have taken, and I have taken my life in my hand, and, and you have listened to your words that you spoke to me. Now also please listen to the voice of your maidservant and, and let me set a place, a, <clears throat> a piece of bread before you that you may eat, 
and strength that you may go your way. He refused, but he did. Verse 24, uh, the lady had a fatted calf, and she quickly slaughtered it, took, took flour and kneaded it, baked it, and brought it before him, and he ate, and then they arose and went away that night. Well, <clears throat> he had killed them, but he wanted to know. And of all people to bring back, he brought back Samuel. And I thought it was real interesting uh, what Samuel said. Why are you bringing me up? <laughs> he said, uh, you're disturbing me. <laughs> so uh, I don't, I, I, this is Bill. I, I, don't, I can't bake, uh, back it up, but I think when, a, when our, one of our loved ones dies and goes to the Lord, you know, uh, what happens in heaven, we don't have a clue. And, uh, <clears throat> and I think myself that, that heaven, if we even know about what's going to happen in heaven, it won't be anything we thought about because God's ways are so much different than ours. But in this particular case, it says, uh, you've disturbed me. Why have you brought me up? <clears throat> so the medium, uh, he dabbled in, in that, and he says, uh, I, don't know, I don't know what the deal is, but, but uh, you, you'll be with me today. So whatever that, wherever that is, uh, Saul was, was going to meet his maker that very day. Chapter 29, verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered together with their armies at uh, A-P-H-E-K -A -A while the Israelites were camped by the spring, which is in Jezreel. And the Lord of the Philistines were proceeding by the hundreds and by thousands, and David and his men were proceeding with the rear from Achish, then the commanders of the Philistines said, What are these Hebrews doing here? And they knew of David, and they knew where he was, and they said they were going to fight against his own people. And he says, This is not going to work. Verse 4, But the commanders of the Philistines were angry with him, and the commanders of the Philistines said to him, Make the man go back, and that he may return to his place where you have assigned him and don't let him go down to fight the battle uh, with us. So whether this was the Lord that doesn't say so, but uh, these people said we don't want him fighting uh, with us against the Philistines because he's fighting against his own people. And he said, so go, go back. And, and, uh, <clears throat> and he did, verse 6. And Achish called uh, David and said to him, As the Lord lives, and you have been upright, and your goings out, and your comings in with me in the army are pleased in my sight, for I have found no evil in you from, from the day of your uh, coming to me to, to this day. Nevertheless, you are not pleasing in the sight of the Lord's. Then verse 8, David asked him, But what have I done, and what have you found in your servant that day when I came uh, before you this day that I may not go and fight uh, against the enemies of my Lord the King? So uh, verse 11, So David arose early in the morning, he and his men, 
and departed and returned to the land of the Philistines, and the Philistines went up to Jezreel. So <clears throat> they were getting ready to go to fight to fight uh, Israel. Uh, Samuel had already told Saul what his fate was going to be, uh, but he says, you know, these other commanders don't want you in the fight, and so you go home. And so he did. But he was proud enough man to say, you know, what have I done? Why can't I fight? That's, that was basically uh, what he was. And of course, we'll get into Second Samuel in a few in a few weeks, and we'll see uh, on David's death. You know, the Lord uh, didn't allow him to, to do some some things because he had uh, shed so much so much blood in his lifetime. Verse thirty. And it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day, the Amalekites made a raid on Negev and and Ziglag and overthrown Zidlag and had burned it with fire. They took captive the women of all who were in it, both small and great, without killing anyone and carried them off and went their way. When David and his men came to the city, behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voice and wept, and there was no strength in them, until there was no strength in them to weep. Now, David's two wives had been taken in, in the captivity with the group. Verse 6. Moreover, David was greatly distressed because he called the the people spoke of stoning him, and for all the people were embittered, each one because of his sons and his daughter. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Amalek, Please bring the ephod. So Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So just like Samuel in verse, excuse me, uh, Saul in verse chapter 28, he wanted to know what he should do and he couldn't get an answer. But in chapter 30, when David wanted to know what to do, he went to the priest and he said, bring me the ephod. Bring me the the thing that's got the Urim and the Thum on them, and we're going to see what the Lord tells us about this. So every time it was, a, and we'll see it through Scripture, that when they went to, when they wanted to ask God's favor, they went to the priest and they got the ephod, and they, they wanted to, to get the answer. So verse 8, So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this man? Shall I overtake them? And he said to him, Pursue, for you will surely overtake him, and you will surely rescue all. So David went, he and his 600 men who were with him, and came to the brook Besor. And there those were left behind remaining, but David pursued uh, with 400, and he left two, 200 behind because they were... They were tired, <laughs> and they remained, as they say before, with the baggage. Uh, then they went on. They went on, and they found a guy, and uh, he was hungry. In verse twelve, they gave him a 
piece of uh, fig cake and two clusters of raisins, and he ate, and the spirit revived, and he had not eaten bread or drunk water for three days and nights. David said to him, To whom uh, to whom do you belong, and where did where are you from? And he said, I'm a young man from Egypt, a servant of an Amalekite, and my master left me behind when I fell sick three days ago. We made a raid on the Negev and so forth, and and we burned Ziglag with fire. Then David, verse 15, will you bring me down to this band? And he said, swear to me by God that you will not kill me or deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring you down to this band. That happened several times throughout in history where where they got a, they got one of the members and says, you know, where are they? You know, and they'll they'll said, well, I'll take you there if you'll if you'll not uh, do me any harm. Uh, it's just amazing to me. This, with all the technology we have and everything we we know, uh, and we have enough trouble ourselves uh, getting lost. I can see why David wanted to know where where he was going, and so he he said, "I'll I'll take you to them." Verse 16, and when they had brought him down, but behold, they were spread all over the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. David slaughtered them from twilight and until the evening of the next day, and not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. So David recovered all the Amalekites had taken, rescued his two wives, but nothing of theirs was missing, whether great or small, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that they had taken for themselves. So David brought it back. So David had captured all the sheep and the cattle which the people had drove ahead and other livestock and says, this is David's spoil. So... He he went to the place where the guy showed them, and they were having a party. And uh, so he said, "Well, now's a good time as any." And he 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 um, cleaned their slate, so to speak. He he uh, he he killed them all, and then he took all the spoil that they had taken and gave it back to the people. And then all the spoils that they had taken from other places. And then the rest of the chapter is about is about distributing the spoils. And remember, we left two two hundred soldiers at the baggage, and four hundred went. Well, the four hundred in verse verse twenty two says they were wicked and worthless men <laughs> among those who went with David. And he says because these two hundred didn't go with us. He says, we're not going to give them any to spoil. And David says, you must not do that. And so he, he, whoever went, whether they were fighting or whether they were with the baggage, David said, we're going to share and share alike. And that was his mantra from then on uh, as he was really in the <clears throat> battle for uh, the Lord uh, he says, I, I'm going to share and share alike. Not only that, <clears throat> he started giving it away to other people. Verse 26, 
David came to Ziglag. He sent some of the spoil to the elders of Judah. Uh, in verse 27, he sent them to Bethel, to uh, to those people, verse 28, verse 29, verse 30, verse 31. So David wasn't a selfish guy. He had found all these spoils of war, and and I don't know how how they did it, but they had all these sheep and animals and everything and clothes and, and food, and they just gathered it up and took it all and shared it with everybody. Well, well, well. I'm going to go a few more minutes and then we'll close this this part of the, the thing. So, <clears throat> verse 30, uh, chapter 31, Now the Philistines were fighting against Israel, and the men of Israel fled before the Philistines and, and fell on Mount Gilboa. The Philistines overtook Saul and his sons. Uh, the Philistines killed Jonathan and his two brothers, and the battle went heavily against Saul, and the archeries had hit him, so he got hit with an arrow, badly wounded him, and then he said to his armor bearer, draw your sword and pierce me through. Otherwise, these uncircumcised, these people that weren't from the nation of Israel will come and pierce me through and make sport. And his armor bearer says, I'm not to do it. So Saul fell on his sword, and then his armor bearer saw that he was dead, and he fell on his sword. And verse 6, thus Saul died with his three sons and his armor bearer, and all the men on that day together. Uh, it came back, verse 8, uh, uh, on the next day when the Philistines came to strip the, strip the slain, they found Saul and his three sons uh, fallen. Uh, they stripped him of all his weapons and and everything he had, and they uh, hung him up. Uh, but but uh, verse 12, valiant men rose, walked all night, took the body of Saul and his body and uh, the bodies of his son, and there they came and burned them there, and they took their bones and buried them under the tamarack tree, and fasted seven days. So it was a, a, a tough end for for Saul and his sons, and and David lost a friend with uh, with uh, the the slain of Jonathan. So the first first chapter of of Samuel is behind us, and I'll say more about this next week. But the biggest thing about this is that. Uh, Though God didn't want it to happen that way, he wanted to lead them as a theocracy, and they wanted a king, and God allowed it a king, and yet Saul, who was head and shoulders over everybody, uh, he says, be careful who you get. And within just a short time, um, Saul uh, uh, was odious unto the Lord because he didn't obey him. And uh, he said, I want a man after my own heart. And Samuel uh, anointed uh, David as a boy, uh, but he's coming into his own. And we'll see now where, where uh, <clears throat> we have said that Israel 
Saul reigned for about 40 years, David reigned for about 40 years, and Solomon reigned for about 40 years. And that basically was the golden years of the nation of Israel, and surely the 80 years of David and Solomon. Um, but it, uh, well, we'll pick up, we'll say more about that next week. Any comments? Okay. Oh, with my urim and my thumb. <laughs> but anyway, all right, let's go to the Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your word, and we thank you for all you do, do to us and allow us to have and enjoy. And we thank you for this group of people who love you and love each other and love this church. So, Lord, bless us. Be with everything that's said and done in the further service, and we'll grant you uh, um, blessing in, in and through it all and we thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our lives so bless us now Lord and we'll give you the praise in Jesus name Amen <laughs>